Hello. Hello. Horror fanatics. Fanatics. <laughs> I'm Frank. And I'm Jeff. And we welcome you to our weekly podcast. Oh! The, the horror. horror. <laughs> Thank you for joining us as we dive deep into all things horror, supernatural, scary, and downright creepy. If you like what you hear, rate, review, and subscribe, or follow, or whatever it is you have to do to add us to your regular rotation of podcasts. Yes, you can also submit any ideas, comments, and suggestions directly to our email address at oth at seriouslydecent.com. You can check out our website at ohthehorrorpodcast.com. Yeah. Catch up on our uh, back catalog, seasons mm-hmm. one and two. Catch up on season three. Mm-hmm. Connect to our social media presence. Yep. All that jazzy stuff. All that stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah. So here we are. We're a little bit culty this this episode. Well, this month has been pretty culty. It has, you yeah. Know. <laughs> a little cult heavy. Do a little cult I, break. I don't think we can call it a little bit culty then. I think mm. we got to call it a lot culty. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It'll be a break after this one. Yes. But this is our official cult, cult of the month. Of the month. Previously, Correct. we had the last part of the Scientology series. Thank you, Lord. Which was fair game. So if you yes. missed that, you know, by all means, catch up. But today's the traditional cult of the month, mm-hmm. our monthly cult of the month for new listeners that are coming in. Yep. Uh, every month since season two. Yeah. We yeah. Did, that was uh, an addition cult of the in month. season two. Yeah. And, and everybody we were like, liked oh, it. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. And then I was like, are we even going to have enough cults? Oh, freaking yeah, we are. Yeah, we are. Yeah. So uh, here we are, episode 129. Mm-hmm. This month's cult of the month. I could say local, but it's not local, really. No, it's They're not. All we over. just happen to have a chapter near near us. I, I can't say Ish. even near. Ish. It's, yeah, it's a ways. Ish. You know, it's a day trip. <laughs> it's a day trip to to go and do it. But uh, yeah, we're doing the twelve tribes is yes. what they're called. Correct. And then they have uh, for recruitment. Yes. A series of restaurants. Yes. That they call yellow delis or common grounds. Mm-hmm. They they use both names. They use common grounds, but even common grounds, you got to be a little careful because mm-hmm. like there's a common grounds back home. There's for me. an uncommon grounds mm-hmm. back home. Yeah, but there was at yep. one point a common grounds. Yep. Yeah, there's uncommon grounds, which I don't know if I don't think they a knew lot. what they were doing uh, or, or what they're getting into because they don't know what they're doing in Saratoga Springs. No, they don't. They no. just. They, they just, just do stuff. It's a series of whims yeah. is what Sarah told me. Oh my God, is. let's try this. Yeah. It's either going to work or it's not. What am I going to do with all this money I have? I'm going to open a store with junk in it. Yeah. Yeah. Who cares? And people are just going to walk through it and not buy anything and I'll be in business for eight years. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. So back to, uh, yeah, the 12 tribes. Yes. They have these um, these restaurants. That are called yellow delis, or mm-hmm. as Jen mentioned, common grounds. Yep. But most of them are yellow, yellow delis. delis. Yes. And they are strategically, and strategically is the best word, in yes. college towns. Yep. They're not anywhere else. Nope. Just in college towns. Yep. And uh, we'll get into that a little deeper. Yeah. You know? Yeah, we will. Yeah. I have one source. One? Uh, DenverPost.com. Really? Yep. It's an article by Shelley uh, Bradbury with the Denver Post. She Mm -hmm. originally published it on March 3rd of 2022, and it was updated June 8th, 2023. Oh, okay. 
So this is the 12, and then the title of it is The 12 Tribes Cult and Child Abuse. Gotcha. Yes. How about that? Yeah. No, uh, no Encyclopedia Britannica this year or this month, <laughs> this episode. I'm I have trying a feeling, to talk. I have a feeling uh, Britannica is going to make its way back. In next the month. N- no. Or, uh, I'm going to say couple. next, yeah, next yeah. episode. Yeah. Probably. Yeah, which we'll drop the dime on that after. That that's mm-hmm. how we roll. I did cult uh, education institute.com. Of course you did. My favorite place. Because yes. if you're into cults and you want to know more about cults, yes. the culteducation.com mm-hmm. is the place to go, I think, mm-hmm. if you want to springboard and start right. where you do your things. Yep. You know, so I have that. There's some articles that I went through from there. I, uh, obviously I go right to the source, 12tribes.org. Yep. Which as a, uh, it guy, I got to tell you, um, your, uh, website doesn't have a valid certificate on it. <laughs> um, so if you're listening and you're from the 12 tribes, I can tell you with a hundred percent certainty one, they probably didn't even realize they had website well, no actually and two, they didn't pay attention what's a certificate well no <laughs> see and this is this is where you're not putting yourself too far from the 12 tribes folks when you do not have a valid certificate it splashes it on your browser right. before you go on to right. their web page yes and it's a warning for people that are just click crazy yes. and click everything and they say warning this certificate <laughs> is not valid yes. so basically if you keep going there's some risks involved you enter you know. at your own risk yeah yeah so i went through of course you know and uh peruse their site but yes uh just maybe to the 12 tribes uh <laughs> it person in air quotes yeah you might want to get a, a a valid certificate um if you need help Email Frank at, at OTH at SeriouslyDecent.com and he'll walk you and through I'll, the process. I'll walk you through the process. You know, it's not terrible. So, uh, oh my God, it's like so hard. I No, I hope that happens. Yeah. I hope they reach out to yeah. me. I'll get them set yeah. up. I won't even charge them. Be like, you here know? you go. Yeah. I think everybody should be able to check. Here you go. This is where I, I truly am a free speech and free information yes. advocate. You yes. should have everything at your fingertips. Correct. You know, if yes. you're loud and proud of what you are, be loud Fine. and proud. Yeah. But just remember that people might not be into the shit you're in. Just remember, as loud and proud as you are about your thing, mm-hmm. there's other people who are loud and proud about their thing. Well, it, or against it, it yes. is what I'm getting at. Yep. For for some reason, it's a crime now to be against something. Yeah. Period. Yep. You know, heaven forbid you have an anti-opinion on something. So you know. should we so, get into hold this? on. I have more sources. Oh. Yeah. Uh, I have the question12tribes.com where they have uh, their child training manual. Uh, yeah. So if you're in for a thrilling read, that's 348 pages of uh, their child training manual, which we'll get into a little bit. I'm not going to read all 348 pages. That's something you I would can't do, believe baby. they have 348 pages because based on what the ex-members say, it should have equated to just a sentence on a page. Well, we're going to get okay. to that as well. All right. You know, and then uh, let me see. What else did I have? That's about the bit of it. So, okay. 
You know, I, I threw a joke last episode. Mm-hmm. And we were saying, you know, because we say at the end of the episode, next week we're going to have right. blah, blah, blah. You yes. know, and I said 12 tribes. Uh-huh. And I said, also known as the happiest cult, the happy yes. cult. Yes. And uh, it was a joke um, in case some got really crazy about it. Um, to them, they're the happiest cult. Correct. You know, and on the surface, super happy. Super nice. Super nice. Yes. We'll get into that. Yes. Uh, however, it's according to them. Correct. You know, yes. You, uh, and then the you, ex-members? The ex- not so much. Ex-members. People looking in from the outside? Yeah. Mm, not no, so much. No, but even there, they'll talk about happy moments, and there was yes. a lot of happy things. Yes. It's yes. just some core stuff that, again- people disagree with Mm -hmm. and you know what if you disagree you should have the right to a disagree yes and b act accordingly yes in a disagreeing fashion yes and this is why the 12 tribes enters into cult status correct it's leaving yes yes getting in's not a problem no staying in not so much a problem we'll get into that yeah but it's the leaving so how did this even start (sighs) okay so I uh I kind of followed the script of the article. So we're just going to bounce in and it starts with a story of someone leaving. Mm-hmm. And he left in 1999. A 19-year-old John Post packed up his birth certificate, his social security card, state identification, favorite blanket and pictures of his family. And prepared to re- to leave the religious cult into which he'd been born and raised. Mm-hmm. So he is one of the first generation of children born into this cult. Yeah. He'd been taught his whole life that anyone who left the 12 tribes would die. He had no money, agonized over his decision to leave, but he couldn't stay. And he planned to walk into town and call a friend for help. When he finally stood up to leave the Vermont compound, some 15 cult members blocked his path outside, forming a wall. They prayed and warned there would be consequences if he walked out of God's protection. He'd probably die. Post shook as he moved by them. My heart was pounding and pounding. This is his exact words. Was something going to happen to me? I didn't know. Post, who is deaf, said in an interview through an interpreter. As he walked the mile into town, his father... His father followed, imploring him to stay. I finally said to my father, look, please accept this is my decision. Post, now 43, said. And finally, he didn't say anything, and he walked away. Post was free. I'll never go back, he said. Never, not at all. I just feel like the 12 tribes, they are evil. The 12 tribes is a religious sect that also burst into the news in Colorado in January of 2022 when authorities confirmed they were investigating the possibility that the deadly Marshall Fire, the most destructive wildfire in state history, might have started on the group's compound off El Dorado Springs Drive in Boulder County. Hey, if you're a cult and you're trying to stay off the radar, maybe don't let people come into, you know, your your cult and then <laughs> start fires. <laughs> but investigators have not yet pinpointed the cause of the fire that destroyed more than a thousand homes and are investigating other potential ignition points. Few on the front range know much about the insular religious group that has some 3,000 members, 
living communally in Colorado and across the nation and world, and takes pains to present an innocuous front to outsiders. 12 Tribes attracts new uh, new members with a folksy peace and love, all are welcome message, but underneath that hollow promise of utopia lies a manipulative cult that seeks to maintain complete control of its followers. 10 former members spoke to the Denver Post and they brought their evidence, you know, their stuff Mm -hmm. from the group. Now, we should also note that we did watch a documentary what was it, an A&E special on cults? Yeah, that was that one with Vargas. And yeah. As much as I can't stand her. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just propped up weird. Yeah, you know? it is. And, and it it's kind of like where we're at now. Let's talk about how the cult started. Yes. You know, so. I'm, like I said, they they start, they were founded in Tennessee in, in 19, 1972 yeah, by yeah. Albert Eugene Spriggs. He's he was um, the 50 year old 12 tribes blend Spriggs personal beliefs with elements of both Christianity and Judaism. Their Christianity is really only based on the Old Testament. Like if you're getting into what their core beliefs are, but then they throw Jesus in there. And well, you're like, it's not that they throw Jesus in there. Jesus is their guy, you know, um, but they are definitely. They're a great example of how the Bible can be taken out of context. Mm-hmm. It, they really are. They're yes. the, like the greatest example of how the Bible and just basically the whole story of Old Testament going to New Testament, mm-hmm. bringing in Christ. Yes. All of this stuff can be bloated out. You know, they operated out of this small coffee shop called the Lighthouse. Mm-hmm. And um, that's where Gene Spriggs and his wife, Marsha, were living communally. And again, this is where like everybody gets into communal life. Like when you have no kind of outside things affecting communal life, Mm -hmm. things get weird. And this is what happened. This is a group that started with the best intentions. Yes. I think they all were religious. They all had core beliefs and they all had an idea of doing something different and doing something from the start, which was very late 60s very early 70s you know this they were not pioneers in thinking of this idea no and so they start beginning this the light brigade you know this communal life and they open up a restaurant called the yellow deli uh the members at this time were attending several churches and then they decided to join the first presbyterian church okay and this is how they all kind of huddled together um, while they were affiliated with First Presbyterian, it caused friction within its establishment by bringing in anyone who was willing to come with them, including members of different social classes, racial groups, a practice which was not in a, engaged at that time. Right. You got to think again, late 60s, yes. early 70s. There was still segregation. There was still segregation mm-hmm. in these areas and especially where they were. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, you know, they, again, good intentions. All of this yes. is good intentions. Yes. Um, typical, very late 60s, early 70s cult stuff. Yeah. Um, it's communal living. Let's yep. start something communal. Let's start different because current sucks. Mm-hmm. That's the idea that's in their head. It's very... Um, what do you call it? Um, you know, anti-establishment. Yeah. You know, and this is where a lot of this anti-establishment stuff comes, and it's necessary in a certain way. Uh, but on um January twelfth, nineteen seventy-five, the group arrived at First Presbyterian only to find out that the service had been canceled for the Super Bowl. 
<laughs> I'm sure they were thrilled yeah. about that. So this led the group to form the Vine Christian Community Church. Okay. So if you really want to thank someone for creating the, tri- the 12 tribes, yeah. it started with the Super Bowl. The Super Bowl did it, damn it. It was the NFL. You know. <laughs> so during that time, the, the church planted, quote unquote, churches, uh, each with its own yellow deli in Dalton, uh, Trenton, um, Georgia, Alabama, Dayton, Tennessee. Yep. It was all this area. And basically this withdrawal from religious mainstream, which I got to laugh, religious mainstream. It's like there are so many different types of just in Christianity alone, yeah. the amount of denominations yeah. is incredible. Yeah. So um, this created this friction relationship into an outcry against them. And so they started holding their own services and they were, uh, they did this service called critical mass in uh, like Warner park mm-hmm. and uh, they appointed elders. And this is like, hello, instantly you're getting into cult territory. Yeah. Here. yeah. You got communal life. You've got this group that's cut off. Let's get the elders in because yeah. the elders are wiser than everyone. Yep. Period. Yep. It's usually how it works. You get older people in a room, a little bit of uh Jehovah's Witnesses, a little bit of Mormonism. Yeah, who knows? Who knows? Mm-hmm. Or you have people that just aren't really religious. This yeah. is their first religious experience, but they're a wise person, quote unquote. You know, that's where you got to okay. be careful with wise. Yeah. Um, and so they uh, started baptizing people outside of any denominational authority, which isn't the end of the world. No. I mean, the Bibles, you can baptize yes. anyone. Yes. You know, that's not a, that's not a taboo or anything crazy the bible's actually pretty freaking cool about that yep um but this deteriorating relationship between the group and the religious and secular chattanooga community uh attracted the attention of what's known as the parents committee to free our children from the children of god i always love these long children of god like <sighs> associations you know it's just uh super oh long. my god let's form a committee yeah okay so what are we going to call ourselves and it's just uh, a word, it's salad. a word salad. Yeah. yeah. And then, Jeez. um, uh, the citizens freedom foundation who labeled the church a cult. So they were like smacked in the face as a cult, like right from the start. This wasn't yeah. a long breathed out thing. This is why I wanted to bring the history of it. Cause this isn't something that happened in 2020. No, this isn't something that no. happened in 1984 and 1976. And- this is when they got cult status and they were attacking Spriggs as their cult leader, right? who he was their leader. Yes. And this led to what their group refers to today as the cult scare in the late seventies, because that's all it took. Um, so then basically they started doing these uh, deprogrammings and they started in the summer of 1976. They were carried out by Ted Patrick and uh, they just ignored the negative press in the yeah. wider world. They just is again, communal living. Yep. Fuck them. So new members must give up their possessions Mm -hmm. and their names and live in one of the 12 tribes, three dozen worldwide communes and follow the cult's strict rules, which former members say dictate everything from how much toilet paper you could use, which coincidentally is two sheets, (laughs) to the shape of a member's eyeglasses round. So already with those two things, well, actually giving up my possessions, my name, having to only use two sheets of toilet paper and wearing round eyeglasses, I'm already out. Yeah, yeah. And followers are encouraged to cut off all contact with the outside world. Mm -hmm. 
So here's my question. If followers are encouraged to cut off contact with the outside world, why have a freaking deli? Yeah, because you got to get new people. This is the problem when you're a commune. <laughs> no, because yeah, all yeah. the other cults that you go through, look, you know, listen to all of them. They all had some sort of restaurant front. Mm-hmm. They all had something, you know, Children of God yeah. had the restaurant front and all that. Because if you're a commune and you're in the middle of nowhere, you ain't going to make it. No. And they started out with kids being the central focus of everything because, yeah, they're the future. Right. You know, they they have to invest heavily in the kids. And Mm -hmm. then, you know, if you only got 20 people Mm -hmm. and say five of them are elders, you got 15 people, you know, and say six are chicks and nine are dudes, you got a problem, you know, and this is where communal living gets weird. You know, (laughs) I just, I'm going to say it for what it is. And so- You know, and again, this whole thing with the cult scare, they ignore the press, they ignore the world, and they just operate their business. And they, this is where they opened. uh, It was a a Arrow Arrow Pagas uh, Cafe and a second local yellow deli in downtown Chattanooga. And then in 1978, there was an uh, an invitation that was received from a small church in Island Pond, Vermont, for Spriggs to minister there. And the offer was declined, but the group began moving in stages to the rural rural town. Mm-hmm. So he he declined it, but they they started moving. Yeah. Uh, naming the church uh, there the Northeast Kingdom Community Church, and one of um, Ted Patrick's uh, last like deprogramming cases in Chattanooga occurred in 1980, and it involved a police detective who, according uh, to this guy, had his 27 year old daughter arrested on a falsified warrant in order to facilitate her deprogramming with the support of local judges. Yeah. yeah this gets all nuts. Uh, the group continued moving, closed down all of its yellow delis associated churches, except for the one in Dalton. And at one point, a leader uh, conceded that the group was deeply in debt. You yeah. know, they were like, this isn't working uh, before closing the Dalton church. And they moved the lasting members to Vermont. So this was failing heavily yes. in the South. Yep. So, I got to say this because it bears repeating mm-hmm. over and over and over again. I'm saying it for the first time, okay. but I find it funny, especially up here in New York. Mm-hmm. We're in central New York where there's a lot of denominational churches and non-denominational denominational you know, denomin- church. It's the Rust, there's, there's, it's the Rust Belt, you know, which yeah. if you're not familiar with the Rust Belt, it was the melding of all of these religious people, mm-hmm. and that's they called it the Rust Belt because it just kind of bled and through, mm-hmm. and um, and and you had some really strange religions come through here. Mm-hmm. But I got to laugh as a nation, and this is more for our worldwide listeners, and probably how they see it on whatever entertainment media they're looking at is that religions are usually a southern thing. And that these weird things happen in the South. And it's funny because all of them, all of them happen. I'm not all of them, but a ton of them happen in California and New York. Yeah. Or the Northeast, uh, yeah. like Northeast They're part everywhere. of the state. They are not exclusive no. to any one part of yeah. the United States or the world. Mm-hmm. They again, are Everywhere. And again, an argument could say, well, oh, Central New York and Western New York are all, you know, religious, right wing, blah, blah, blah people. And it's like, yeah, you know, to the map. Yeah. You know, maybe. But like 
there's the religious right in New York and there's the religious right in the, in the South. Yeah. Two totally Two different, different things. things. And yeah. I got to find it hilarious that they couldn't make it in Chattanooga, you know. Yeah. Which Tennessee's been pretty... Solid. Tennessee was pretty cool about. No, I'm just uh, saying solid. Win Shamblin's church. I know exactly. So like they were crushing it. So what are you guys doing Quinn wrong? Shamblin was is crushing it, and and this place failed. And of course, they moved to Vermont. You know, okay. And Vermont then wasn't as it is now. It was a bit different. Yeah. But um. But it's rural. Yeah, they had the the economic hardship. They had all this stuff, and then uh, that started transitioning over to the child abuse. Yeah, and and that's where things got interesting. Um, but to get to again the core of what this um this group is, as we mentioned earlier, very Old Testament. Yes. Um, heavy on discipline. Correct. Um, and and I'm gonna be open on it. I, I'm surprised how open I am now with cults after doing, you know, yeah, almost two dozen of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, disciplining is really kind of a, a fine line. It is. Because even parents will sit there and be like, well, I discipline my kids. Right. And then you meet people that are from an older generation. I can identify with this where, you know, the switch generation that yes. got hit with yep. a switch. Yep. And I'm sorry, but most of the people that got hit with a switch are some of the most, like, nicest polite people you will meet <laughs> well yeah yeah because there was a cost and a yeah. price so to all that the largest but they took it a step further they did they did the largest number of 12 tribes communities are <laughs> shocker here in the u.s but they also have a presence in south america yeah. europe canada australia and japan it's fascinating the group can be considered a cult because it has a charismatic authoritarian leader it has extremist ideology an all-or-nothing belief system and uses coercion to control and exploit members cult expert yanya lalich said the southern po- she's with the Southern poverty law center and classifies the 12 tribes as a christian fundamentalist cult so in recent years the 12 tribes has experienced a, a mass exodus among the first generation of children born and raised in the group Many, most by some counts, of the first kids raised in the cult have left, driven out by the group's practices and leadership's increasingly tight grip on the shrinking membership that remains. So for many ex-members, the decision to leave comes with parenthood. Mm -hmm. Quote, I was under no circumstances going to beat my kids the way I was beaten, said a former member who left in his 30s and spoke to this... um, paper on the condition of anonymity Mm -hmm. to protect family members that are still within the cult quote i just could not do it and have and have to if you and you have to if you are there you are not beating your kids you're you're going to be in big trouble yeah the 12 tribes taught that it was different from false religions like mainstream christianity (laughs) excuse me because their children would follow them Mm -hmm. he said but the 12 tribes children fled in droves and now as adults they're still working through the trauma of their childhoods. They worry for the kids still caught within within inside the group. When a toddler throws a tantrum in the 12 tribes, an adult might grab the girl or boy, mm-hmm. hold them tight in their lap or on their lap, perhaps by throwing their legs over the child's and restrain both 
arms and put their hand over their mouth until the child stops fighting back. The toddler might scream and cry and struggle for an hour, but they will not be freed until they surrender, former members said. The Mm -hmm. idea is to break their will. Kids were supposed to be quiet, and when they weren't, physical restraint over their bodies and mouths was expected, Mm -hmm. said ex-member Jason Wolf. His brother, a leader in the 12 tribes, previously lived in Manitou Springs, and their father helped establish the Boulder community. Wolf left the group in 2009 and now lives in Virginia. He was six when his parents joined. Restraint is part of the 12 tribes' overall approach to child rearing, which focuses heavily on physical discipline. Mm -hmm. The 12 tribes teaches that children must be spanked with thin, flexible wooden rods, a practice the group has been consistently criticized for but has steadfastly defended, saying it is rooted in biblical principles. Spare the rod, spoil a child. Yeah. Those are longstanding concerns that probably won't be resolved until everyone comes to the understanding everyone will come to, Pendergrass said. A January 2000 version of the group's 348-page child training manual obtained by the Post says children as young as six months should be spanked if they say wiggle away from diaper changes. Quote, the pain received from the balloon stick is more humbling than harmful, the manual reads. There is no defense against it. The only way to stop the sting of the rod is to submit. That is exactly what the child will do. Submit to his parents' will and end his rebellion. Ex-members who grew up in the 12 tribes describe being spanked on their bare bottoms, on their hands, on their bottoms of their feet, for the slightest perceived infraction. Mm -hmm. It was not uncommon for parents to spank their child 20 or 30 times a day. We were basically beaten down into absolutely nothing so that they could build you back up into what they wanted you to be. Asking for seconds at breakfast, for example, could net Mm -hmm. a spanking, Anderson said. Adults in the cult were taught to discipline on the first command. If you have a three-year-old son and you say stop jumping up and down, Chances of that happening on the first time is pretty much zero. So that would be a spanking, said a former 20-year-old member who previously lived with the Colton Boulder and left in 2016. He spoke again on anonymity because there are family members still within the group. Like most everything in the 12 tribes, discipline is communal and guided by social pressure. Offenses that warrant spanking might vary from community to community or even from family to family, but there's a tremendous social pressure to discipline harshly, yeah. ex-members said. Cult members meet once every morning and once every evening for mandatory gatherings or worship sessions at which leaders preach. They can be tedious and long, and children are expected to listen without fidgeting. Again, that's like Gwen Shamblin. And doing a mass for three hours. It is unrealistic to expect, especially a young child, to sit for that long and not fidget or talk or cry. See, this is where you're getting into what are the expectations of things. And this is where I say, you know, I'll combat the the words of people that say anything is possible. You're right. Anything is possible. If you don't want a kid to fidget for three hours, you got to do some extra work. Yeah. I'm just going to put it lightly for yeah. what it is. Yeah. You know, you, you might agree or disagree on how that's done. And I, I'm probably right there with you. you. You know, you shouldn't have a kid listen to something for three hours. You shouldn't right. be put into that. But if that's what you want, that result is un- it's attainable. 
Mm-hmm. Anything's possible, but you got to go sometimes in a direction you don't want to go in. Yeah. And this is where things get out of control. This is where communal living sucks. It just, it does. Yeah. And what happens is you get this social infrastructure that comes in and you have immediately you're going to nominate leaders because people can't make up their fucking minds. You know, you just go through with it, Mm -hmm. you know, and you go through the motions with it. You got people that can't make up their minds. They're indecisive. They don't have any leadership qualities, but they want all the benefits of living in a group. So now what you've done is you shoved your inadequacy onto someone else to make yeah. decisions for you. Yep. And that's what happens in communes. So now what happens is, is you have say a, a group of 50 people total, mm-hmm. and you're going to have more than half of these people that or just go with the flow. I don't care, man. Just tell me what to do. Blah, blah, blah. And you're saying, okay, I'm going to be submissive here. Yeah. So that leaves the other half at best. Yeah. You know, you're going to have 10 people out of 50 people making the decisions for everybody. Right. Which is back to the whole thing that you were upset about in, in the, the big system. Place. Yeah. That there was a group of people making decisions for you. Telling and you what to do. And the best cure to, to get away from that is make your own fucking decisions. Yeah. Period. End of statement. Full stop. Quote, if you don't take your child out and spank them during the teachings, then you're thought of as not being a good parent, said Luke Weissman, 46, a former member who left in 2013 and now Mm -hmm. lives in Virginia. Quote, people tapped me on the back when I had a two-year-old son and said, your son is not listening. Then if I don't take him out and spank him, I'm not, quote unquote, receiving, end quote. Adults considered to be out of bounds. Yeah, you're not acceptable in the group. Are ostracized. Mm -hmm. shamed and cut off from the community until they repent and leaders approve their return. Members who do wrong might also be the subject of a community-wide public humiliation in which the community's leaders shame the person during a gathering. Some wrongs might be codified into a new teaching that is sent to all 12 tribes' communities, ex-members said. Most people in the 12 tribes really live in fear, said Post, who now lives in Maine. He's the one that left in 1996 at the beginning. He became deaf as an infant after a bout with meningitis, but his parents didn't know he'd lost his hearing until he was four. He was harshly disciplined as a toddler because his parents thought he wasn't obeying them, when in reality, he couldn't hear their commands. Both parents are still in the 12 tribes. Yeah. Okay. You know, yeah. I mean, it's... it's, uh, it's a crazy situation. Yeah. And he said, just last year, after 30 years, my parents approached me and apologized for what had happened to me growing up, Post said. It was over the top. It was severe and brutal, yeah. mostly because he couldn't hear. Yeah. So to have that expectation yeah. is unrealistic. Yeah. So the first generation of children in the 12 tribes largely grew up in the 80s and 90s. And former members described enduring extreme physical abuse during that time. The ex-member who left in his 30s remembered a practice called scourging in which a child was stripped naked and beaten with a rod from head to toe. Post and others said adults routinely withheld food from children as a form of discipline, sometimes for days at a time. When Anderson was six or seven, she was locked in a dark basement as punishment for taking food from the refrigerator without asking. The one time that I was locked in the dungeon, it wasn't a real dungeon, but it felt like it. I think that was for more than a day because we fasted every Friday. So I was used to starving and it was longer than that, she Mm -hmm. said. On a June day in 1984, 
Authorities in Island Pond, Vermont, raided the 12 tribes commune there over allegations of child abuse. Police and social workers took more than 100 children into protective custody with plans to examine the kids for signs of abuse. But the plan fell apart when a judge determined the raid was unconstitutional because the search warrant was too general and not supported by concrete evidence of abuse. The children were returned to the commune within hours. Quote, the raid that happened in 1984, what should have happened is all the children should have been taken and placed in foster care, and that should have been the end of the group, Wolf said. There was so much child abuse going on at that time. For years afterward, the 12 tribes celebrated June 22nd as a day of deliverance, a sort of Passover-like event in which God protected the group from the overreach of the government. When the children in the raid grew up, some spoke public publicly at June 22nd remembrances to defend their parents and proclaim that they had never been abused. The day before the 20th anniversary of the raid, Wolf was included in a meeting with other first-generation kids ahead of the celebration to prepare for the next day's speeches. Jeannie Swanko, a former public defender who joined the group and married Weissman's father after representing him in a child abuse case, told the gathered young adults that they needed to clearly say there had been no abuse. Swanko couldn't be reached for mm-hmm. comment. Now, Swanko married the number two guy in the 12 tribes. Yeah. And they talk about this raid and the issue with the raid and why they the judge let it go is because it didn't state all of the children's names mm-hmm. specifically yeah. on the warrant. But the problem was is a lot of these kids were were birthed they in were this group. Born they in the didn't group. Yeah. have social security numbers. They didn't have birth certificates. Yeah. There was no way to identify these children. Yeah, so that's you know, that that's what made the search warrant unconstitutional. And then the thing was is the Island Pond raid remained prominent in Vermont legal history and um it's actually the subject of a vermont bar association seminar in uh 2006 Mm -hmm. the group uh held anniversary events in both 1994 and 2000 and produced a 75 minute documentary i don't know what the the whole title of it is Mm -hmm. but the vermont chapter of the aclu also criticized the raid calling it frightening and the greatest deprivation of civil liberties to have occurred in recent vermont history yeah, I'm going to repeat that again because it, it needs to be it, repeated. It repeating. So yeah. here you have a group that's beating kids. Yeah. Okay? Yep. And there's evidence that they're being beaten. Yes. Um, They have no ID. Mm-hmm. And the reason they have no ID and no identification is because they're born in this communal group. Right. And they haven't obeyed to the legal system at right. all. And th- so there's and no... these kids by the yeah. way, should be noted, have no say. Yeah. They have no say in they, the fact no, that they were they born no into this with group. So the Vermont chapter of the ACLU criticized the raid, yes, calling it frightening and the greatest deprivation of civil liberties to have occurred in recent Vermont history. This is where the, I'm sorry, the ACLU is garbage. Yes. <laughs> just, what about the children's I could bring rights? Up, I could bring up literally 500 things that the ACLU is fought against yeah and it's like do you even know what you're fighting against and the answer to that is no no it was a headline they grabbed it and what they need is money and that's the stuff they get for money correct you know and that's how it works with these 
non-governmental organizations, yeah. so to speak. It should be noted so, that the police were not out of bounds. The no. problem was simply a technicality. Yeah. That's why the children were released. Not because no. there was no so, there was no basis for it or there was no evidence for it. Mm-hmm. It was simply the technicality. Yeah. So the Vermont attorney general at that time attributed the raid to assisting his campaign for governorship. So he made out on it well. Um, and then in 1992... Um, this uh, person who was the state commissioner of social and uh, rehabilitation services and this other woman published an article in behavior uh, sciences and laws. I'm not giving their names because it's not worth it. No. Uh, encouraging changes in the law that would have allowed the raid to succeed. Yes. You know, so these people, where were you How when it was all. We not protect the offender. Yeah. We protect the victim. No, because and the victim doesn't have a voice yeah. and the victim can't say. No, and, and that's what I'm getting at. This is in Vermont. Yeah. So Vermont, fix yourself before you tell everybody else what to fucking do <laughs> yes. for crying out loud. Yes. It's ridiculous. Yes. You know, and you're all oh, that happened a long time ago. It happened the year I graduated. Yeah. You know. So 30 years ago. Yeah. That's not that long ago. It happened the year I graduated. Yeah. You know, it's just ridiculous. So someone that was there stood up and said to Swankco, you're dead wrong. There was a crap load of abuse. It was everywhere. And that's all there was. Why can't we just say there was child abuse and we're not okay with it? Yeah. And he was escorted out of the meeting. He said his brother, who's still in the 12 tribes, Peter said in a short phone conversation in February that he had a wonderful upbringing. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm sure he did quote, I grew up here in the 12 tribes, he said. My wife grew up here. We don't share any of those views as far as different things that other people might say. So what? You weren't beaten as much, so it's okay? Yeah. Yeah. Both Peter Wolf and Pendergrass said the 12 tribes welcomed visitors and questions, but a local leader denied a request by the Post to visit the group's Boulder compound. The organization also did not respond to emailed questions about its treatment of children. And a lot of times they say that they're hesitant to talk to anyone. Yeah, yeah. Because they've been, quote unquote, misinterpreted or it has gone badly. Yeah, yeah. So for many years in the 12 tribes, physical discipline could be meted out by any adult on any child Mm -hmm. for any reason, former members said. (laughs) Yes. Anderson was disciplined for wearing her ponytail too high and for looking around, not at her feet when she walked. So this is where you get problems with, again, communal living. I'm going to beat it up because it's just too freaking easy. But now what you have is the virtue signaling between the elder members, who's elder enough, who yeah. could potentially be an elder, who's participating in the group enough. Yeah. And this is where it's about participating and not the actual action that occurs. Right. Because now it's not even whether the action works or whether it's effective. It's just that you participated right. and that you participated in the event. Oh my goodness. You you saved that child. Right. You saved that child from being a terrible person. And it's about the person now. I did the right thing. Right. Me, me, me. me. So and- in recent years, the 12 tribes seems to have shifted away to everyone being able to be. So it's well, not yeah. open season anymore. It's bad press. Now it's just <laughs> parents, parents yeah. disciplining their own children with mm-hmm. less emphasis on yeah. everybody yeah. beating 
everybody all the time. And that's where, you know, I'm sorry. I live in a, used to be a free country. I don't know what the hell it is now. <laughs> but, but I think parents have legal responsibility of their kids. They have mm-hmm. social responsibility of their kids. And I think parents need to do what they need to do. Now, if that creates a harmful situation for someone else, and someone else sees things and they're compromised with it, then I think that's when people need to get involved. Mm -hmm. But for the most part, I think parents need to be able to do what they need to do. Mm -hmm. And I'm not sitting there saying beat them till there's blood or, you know, smack them. But like, that's where disciplining children is a rough way. It is. You know, but a lot of times when a kid is full on in whatever it is, they've got stuck in their head. Now, a lot of times, Kids have ideas that are not the best. Like, yeah. what what happens if I put the screwdriver in this electrical out, outlet? Mm-hmm. You know, it's hard, It's dangerous. It's dangerous yeah. to the child. So, so what's worse, the kid yeah. putting a, a a fork in an electric outlet, yeah. or you smacking them, or are you doing you know, something to yeah. get their attention so that they stop? Yeah, like sometimes you have to scream at your kid. Yeah. So that they yeah. stop and they're like, oh, Whoa. I, see it. I see it all the time. If if I wasn't physically disciplined as a kid, I'd be in prison right now. It's it's Fair. not even up for debate. Yeah. I'd be in prison right now. I was never you spanked. But now, if I was sound... overly physically and that's the that's the line, right, that's yeah. the tough line. And here's the thing, like you and I can have this talk about this because it's our podcast mm-hmm. and we can talk about whatever the fuck we want. And also, but I think it's people, our lives we're talking but about. Think, yeah. I think people need to have more discussion about yeah. this because yeah. I'm sorry. Kids are a fucking mess right now. They are. And I, I think some say, physical discipline wouldn't fucking hurt them. I, I was know. never spanked, but... The sound of a leather yeah. belt snapping yeah. was enough for me. And that was enough of a deterrent because I was yeah. like, oh, shit, that, that sounds loud and that sounds like it would hurt. So what is it again you wanted me to do? Okay, yes, I will go do oh, yeah. that. No, because now what kids are are negotiators. That's what they kids are. Kids are trying to kids see learn. what they can get no, away kids with. Kids learn yeah. very easy negotiating. Yep. And I used to laugh when I worked part-time at the grocery store because I'd watch parents negotiating with a four-year-old. You don't negotiate with sitting, terrorists. Well, parents. no, and I just tell them, I'm like, what does that kid have to offer you? Yeah. Nothing. That's not a negotiation. There's no negotiation here. They're bargaining. Yes. And there's a big difference between bargaining and negotiation. If you were taught that in school, yes. you'd fucking know that, but you don't. Now you're going to be a shitty fucking parent. Yeah. I'll say it. But the fact is, is yeah, kids bargain mm-hmm. and then they figure out they can negotiate, Yep. especially if they know they have nothing to negotiate. Yeah. So it's just constant bargaining, collective yep. bargaining. And they're like a union boss, you know. Some kids, oh, I, if I will you, say. If I don't get this thing, oh, you're going to get a world of fucking hurt, mama. Yep. You know, and mom's like, oh, I don't need that because I already had a bad day because Becky says my... You know, my pants look full, which means I'm fat and I got to deal with that all day, you know, and it just fucking that's a slippery fucking slope. It goes down. Yeah. You know, my mom just had to say one thing. Don't make me tell your father. And I heard that. And I was like, fuck, I've gone. Here it comes too too far. far. And that's it. That's the bargaining. That's the negotiation. If my dad was going to find out I was doing something, you know what? I'll pass. Yeah. I'll or pass. don't make me send your father up there. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. And I remember my dad being, I don't like being the bad guy, but you know what, dads? 
it's, somebody's got to do the it. The shirt's got to fucking fit on somebody. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's that's all there is to it. And so members say the 12 tribes are never fully going to abandon this practice of corporal punishment. mm -mm. It's still a core tenant. Yeah. There are logs of police calls to the 12 tribes compounds in Boulder County and Manitou Springs. And it shows the child abuse remains a concern. Yeah. A 911 caller in May 2020 sent Manitou Springs police to the commune there after a young relative who had visited the group reported that children were being kept in a basement without electricity, according to records provided by Manitou Springs police. Mm -hmm. That caller, who asked not to be identified to preserve relationships with her relatives, said police told her they knocked on the door of the commune, asked a few questions, and left without going inside. The 12 tribes was known to be peaceful and everything seemed okay that night, they told her. Manitou Springs police records show officers spent 13 minutes at the compound. A police spokesman did not know whether officers went inside the home. Mm -hmm. In September 2019, child welfare officials and sheriff's deputies visited the compound in Boulder County and interviewed several people as part of a child protective services investigation, according to a report provided by the sheriff's office. Deputies went along out of concern the group might be hostile, but the cult members welcomed the inquiry, the report says. Quote, the children living on the property seemed to be happy and healthy, and they even sang us a song, uh, I'm sorry, a couple songs while we were there, Deputy J. Ryan wrote in the report. Police also responded to reports of teenagers who ran away from the Colorado properties. In September 2020, a 16-year-old girl fled the Manitou Springs compound in the middle of the night, according to a police report. In June 2018, a 15-year-old boy who was living in the Boulder com, uh, commune ran away, sheriff's records show. The teenager returned about two days later and told deputies he'd ridden his bicycle from the Eldorado Springs Drive commune to Westminster, slept the night on a patch of grass, then continued to ride his bicycle all the way to the 16th Street Mall in Denver, where he spent the day before cycling back to the commune. Quote, the boy appeared very genuine in his statement, saying he was not going to do this ever again and that he was sorry for putting his mother and father in such constant worry, the deputy's report reads. The police reports also detail the January 5th arrest of Ron Williams, 50, on a year-old outstanding warrant for felony sexual exploitation of children after Boulder County authorities discovered more than 1,000 images of child sexual abuse in Williams' possession in 2020. At the time, he was living in a home in Superior. That home burned in the Marshall Fire. When he was arrested in January, he'd been staying with the 12 tribes, though it's not clear for how long. As he was arrested, a short walk away from the 12 tribes compound in Manitou Springs, Officer Ron Johnson described Williams to other officers as, quote, a possible suspect in the Boulder Fire, multiple times according to body camera footage. But Carrie Haverfield, a spokeswoman for the Boulder County Sheriff's Office, said Williams was never a suspect in the Marshall Fire investigation. Quote, he was someone that was staying on the property at the time and so was loosely associated with the property, so he was indexed along with everybody else, but never a suspect. Sexual abuse of children is not condoned or allowed by the 12 tribes, former members said, but it does happen. And it is rarely reported to law enforcement when discovered. Well, and here's the thing with like sexual abuse with children. I think people have to get to the point. This is a good versus evil thing. Mm -hmm. Every group's going to have this problem. Every single group. Schools, public, Mm -hmm. uh, religious Mm -hmm. groups, you know, private. um, 
you know, slash public, communal groups, all of them have this issue. And I think, again, this is something where I just don't understand without making it a political swamp. It just, these are things that everyone could rally around. Yeah. Everyone could rally around child abuse. Yeah. Everyone could rally around the human trafficking and mm-hmm. all of these things, mm-hmm. you know, but this is where the problem is, is you have leadership involved mm-hmm. in things and they get compromised with things. And then again, this is a problem again with communal living Yes, is the group is more important than the person. Yeah. And that's what happens as a collective with all these. You have kids that are saying, I don't like the way I'm being treated. Mm-hmm. I don't like. And the crazy part is, is this is their gold yeah. in this group. Yeah. The kids are you supposed know, to be the future. It's their their gold. It's their precious yeah. treasure. Yeah. And all of this is happening. Yeah. And the fact that they can't talk about it, the fact that they can't go to somebody about it. Then the worst part is, is imagine you're a kid, you're in Vermont, and you go and you get out Mm -hmm. somehow and you tell the story and you get people motivated. And then you got groups like the ACLU that come through and are like, wow, this was against all their rights. It's like, dude, I got beat up and all this other crap, you know, whose side are you really on? You know? And, and that's, uh, you know, this is where it gets messy. You know, this is how people make money. Right. Yeah. So they're saying that sometimes a man accused of sexual abuse will be kicked out of the cult. X member said, Mm -hmm. but sometimes he'll be forgiven and allowed to stay. How a case is handled often depends on how much status the abuser has within the cult. Frequently, children who report sexual abuse are not believed. Some are punished for coming forward, or they're told the abuse was their fault. Yeah. How horrible is that? It is terrible, you know? And so basically, to get back to, like, how do you get here? Yeah. Like, how the hell does this happen? You know... Their beliefs resemble those of Christian fundamentalism yes. and the Hebrew like roots movement, mm-hmm. uh, messianic Judaism and the like, basically they call it the sacred name movement. But the group believes that all other denominations are fallen mm-hmm. and it therefore refuses to align itself with any denomination or movement. It's a real tough thing to put. That's a tough pill to swallow right away. Yeah. You know, cause this is the cult recipe yeah. where everyone else is the problem. Not them. This is the good side. Yeah. And I don't care what it, you're talking about. It could be environmentalism. It could be Christian fundamentalism. Whatever. It could be a car Insert club. Whatever. No, it could be a car club or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, you're creating a weird space mm-hmm. right off right off the cuff. Um, it believes that in order for the Messiah to return, the church needs to be restored to its original form as it is described in Acts, uh, uh, Acts chapter 2, verses 38 through 42, and Acts 4, uh, 32 through 37. And that's, if, if you were to read those verses, we don't have the time, right? but if you were to read those verses, it's taken out of context. Yes. It really is. Um this restoration is not merely the restoration of the first century church, but the creation of a new Israel, which should consist of 12 tribes, which are located in 12 geographic regions. So that's it. Just 12 regions in the whole world. And that's how everybody's, it's very basic, small mind stuff. It's not big. Part of this restoration is the return to observing the Sabbath, maintaining some of the Mosaic law, 
including dietary laws and the festivals. That's common. All groups do that type of stuff. But this interpretation of the prophesied restoration of Israel combined with the perceived immorality in the world leads the group to believe that the end of times has arrived, though no date has been set. And that is the cult recipe right there. Whenever you hear this end of times yeah, thing and you're on the good side. It's an apocalyptic yeah, group. group and I'm then saying they group. Always, they always have either some sort of date or the date comes and goes, oh, no, now we got a new one. Yeah. So these guys were, are at least like. No, there's no there's, date. There's no date. You know, we're just, we just know we're yeah. in it. So one noted aspect of this group is there's uh, an insistent on using the name Yahshua, which uh, as opposed to Jesus. Okay. And they would they use that. And because the name Yahshua represents the nature of Jesus, the group similarly bestows upon each member a Hebrew name that is meant to reflect the personality of the individual. So you go into the group, you're going to lose your name. You're not going to be Jen. I'm not going to be Frank. You're yeah. going to have this. Some Hebrew name. Hebrew name that is supposed to reflect the personality of you. The group believes that there are three eternal destinies. It believes that after the fall of man, every person is given a conscience and that after dying, every person goes to a state of being called death, regardless of faith. Upon the second coming, believers will be brought back for the thousand years to reign with Yahshua, a.k.a. Jesus, uh, before the last judgment. At the end of this millennium, all of the non-believers will be judged according to their deeds and put into one of two groups, the righteous and the filthy slash unjust. Mm -hmm. The filthy and the unjust will be sent to the lake of fire while the righteous will go into eternity and fill the universe. Now, if you're in a religion and that's their motto, you're an apocalyptic cult. Yes. I just saved you tons of time. Yep. Tons of time. Yeah. Walk out of that group, leave as fast as you can, yeah. and get the hell out of there. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter whether they change your name, even changing your name, a little fucking weird. But still, yeah. you know, people do whatever to feel connected with their spirit, you know, and... and It's just, here's my, but, here's my issue with it, because they are co-opting a lot of things from Judaism, oh, yeah. like observing the Sabbath, mm -hmm. and then they talk about acts and restoring these 12 these 12 <laughs> tribes and these 12 places never taking into consideration one, when the Bible was written thousands, many thousands of years ago. And you know what? There probably only were 12 <laughs> places, mm -hmm. you know, they forget that we're in the new world. According to them, you know, until it was discovered, it didn't exist on the maps. It was here be monsters, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And then, they talk about the dietary guidelines. Well, the dietary the dietary guidelines in Judaism because they observe the Saturday. None of the delis are open on Saturdays because that's that's their Sabbath. Mm -hmm. In Judaism, you they have kosher. Yeah, where yeah. you don't well, and you also have, have your, uh, your you don't mix your meat and your dairy. Yeah, well, and then there's also like the real hardcore that won't be around anything electronic or yes, you know, like yes, anything that's like supposed that. to happen that's, Friday night into Saturday. Yeah, yeah, yep. you know, yep. So, so now what happens is you get that belief in practice, mm -hmm. 
And then you get this type of leadership and structure where the leadership within it structured as a series of consoles. And these consist of local consoles, regional consoles, and then a a global apostolic council. Right. And again, people would say, well, you know, churches run like that. And it's like, yeah, no, they do. Mm -hmm. It's fine. But the group is also overseen within these councils by a fluid number of teachers, deacons, deaconesses, elders, and apostles. Yeah. So, again, people say, well, churches are like that. Mm, yeah, to yeah. a point, I agree. Gene Spriggs is highly regarded as the first person to open up his home to brothers and sisters, but members state that he is not regarded as a spiritual figurehead. The group operates as a 501D. It's a for-profit organization with a religious purpose and a common treasury. Uh, The community pays property taxes, but the 501D structure uh, tends to result in no income tax liability. But the structure of that group, this is the big difference. You go to church on Sunday and, you know, you take your kids to even church school and they're around the churches all that. That's fine. Mm -hmm. But everything outside of that, you aren't involved in the church, your home, you're in your house, you're in your property, mm-hmm. you do what you do. And communal living like this, that's where it's a problem because you never leave it. No. It's everywhere. Yeah. So, you know, you go to church, you're with the same people that you work with. Yeah. And when you go you're to work. You're surrounded by the same people. And when you go to work, you're the same people you go to church with. Yep. If you're a kid in school and you're working, that's the same kid you go to class with. Yeah. And that's the same kid you go to school with. Yeah. Or, you know, and it's all the same. That's all you know. It's all you're surrounded by. It's all you're surrounded by. So that's when that structure becomes a problem. Mm-hmm. You can't complain about the structure that a commune has to a non commune that has the same structure. Right. Because there's outlets. Yeah. And outlets can get out. Mm-hmm. This is where I think the Amish are smart. Yeah. Because when you're 16, Rumspringa. You can go Rumspringa. And for those of go. you that don't know what Rumspringa is, Basically, Amish parents tell their 16-year-old kids, or around 16, get out of here. Yeah. Leave. Go live, and in, go live in the with, English world, because that's, the, that's yeah, what they call us, go, the English. Go go live in the English world, and usually what they do is they drink a ton. Yep. They'll party. do some drugs. They'll party. Yep. They hang out or whatever, but 90%, or it's something crazy, like yeah. 97% return. Yeah, go back. They go back. And that, to me, is where the Amish are smart. Are they disciplining heavy? Maybe. Yeah. But here's the thing. They're letting them go, and they're giving them the option. Get it out of your system. Yeah. Find out out if if you truly believe in this or if you truly want to be a part of this. Because they don't want the eh. No, they don't want the lukewarm. They want you to be all in. Yeah, into the community, into the lifestyle, the everything. Yes, you know, and those kids know it. what they're signing up for. Yeah. And they, when they go back. And they do. When yep. they return, they know what they're signing up for. Mm-hmm. Now, there's some that could say, well, they're just not equipped to handle in the modern world either. And I could say, well, there's a lot of kids that graduate high school. That, that also are not equipped, equipped for the, for the, modern, for the world. modern world. Yeah. And where do they have to go? Yeah. Where is their what sanctu- do they do? Where is their sanctuary? Yeah. You know, so... You know, that thought in mind, that's where I look at all of this. And it's like, this is where, you know, this group, it's a shame. It, it is. really is. So yeah. today we went to the Yellow Deli. We we'll, did. We won't say where, which no, one. No, But we went to the Yellow Deli. I will say this was all prompted by my brother 
who did go to the Yellow Deli. Yeah, Same I, one we went to. I went years and years ago. Uh, and he went, it was a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. And he, his experience did not equal the experience that we had. Yeah. But here's the thing. So we'll start out with the pros. Yes. The place was beautiful. It was. I mean, the love and care yes. that was put into that place. You could see that everything was handmade. We were told it took two years. Yeah. No, it, and I believe every inch of it. I everything believe that. Was, everything was custom wood. Yep. Uh, and I they say made custom everything. wood. Not from, like, lumber, but actual, like, yes. the, the table we were on was from a tree. Yes. And the... the chairs we were sitting on was from a tree Mm -hmm. and there was the leather with the um grommets the grommets Mm -hmm. you know uh beautiful hardwood floors i the place looked beautiful it did the menus were awesome yes they were built with such love and care Mm -hmm. and very cute and of the yeah environment yeah you know everybody that we walked in Super nice. Yep. How are you? Friendly. There was people in there eating. There was. So it wasn't just us. No. And like an awkward, weird thing. No. You know, um, our server who waited on us, amazing. Yes. Super nice. Very nice. Very, very informative. Polite, very She's informative. She's the one that informed us that everything that we see there, they did. Yeah. They did all of the work. Yeah. They rehabbed it. It was two bars. Two bars. Yeah. And- She's like, oh, the smell, and then I that immediately, you know, you're yeah. you're looking at at hardwood, so you yeah. know it was hardwood floor in there, or yeah. even if there was something over it. Yeah, the amount of booze, oh yeah, and vomit that was smoke, on that floor, just cigarette oh, smoke, yeah. and all that yeah. stuff. I, yeah. yeah, yeah, it would have taken so much yeah. sanding. So you see the labor of love in there. You do, you know, and 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 to me, for someone like me, that is reflective. So like, you know. You go to a Scientology place, very sterile, yes. very, you know, empty yes. and quiet. And, you know, this was warm. It was yes. nice. Uh, they didn't even have music playing in there, no. which was actually awesome. It was you know, nice. Like it was a, just a it real was quiet. nice environment. It was calm. Yep. The food, awesome. The food was very food good. food was really good. Not pressured into anything. No. Not pressured at all. Small talk was good. She was disappointed that we did not get dessert. Well, yeah. You know. <laughs> But, but, you know, you went to the bathroom mm-hmm. before we left mm-hmm. and I sat there and I just kind of had a moment with myself because I knew exactly what we were doing. Yes. I knew what we were up to. You knew um, what we were going to talk about. And I sat there and, and she, we were right by the waitress station and where they had the dumb waiter to get the food up. Yes. Um, and, and she was listening to a lot of what we were talking about. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about this, that, and the other thing. Doing what um, we do. Yeah, but but nothing out of the ordinary. We no. weren't forcing a conversation. No. We weren't trying to be heard. We were no, just we talking. we were just talking. But I noticed her listening, and I'm sitting there thinking as you left, I was like, if we were to come back here, I think they would maybe go further with this. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. You know, so I'm curious about that. So we may return. Yes. If we do, I, we will update. I personally, other than I know where the money's going and I'm not a fan of it. Yeah. I I would have no problem going again. No. Because it was. It was a genuinely, a genuinely pleasant experience. And, and what you see there is genuine nice people. Mm-hmm. So when you were out to the bathroom, that made me sad. Yeah. It made me sad because they're really nice people. Mm-hmm. They really have good intentions. They do. But they're led astray. Yeah. 
and they're led astray on one simple core thing. And I was telling you this on the way yep. home. The disciplining thing, that's an issue. I'm mm-hmm. not going to skirt around it. But I think there's a larger issue. And the larger issue is, is that they shun people that want to leave. Mm-hmm. And it's like you're so close yeah. to having almost all of it. You have a community that you're living communally. Yes. And you have people that are working in this restaurant. Yep. And everybody's nice. Yep. The food is good. Mm-hmm. The atmosphere is incredible. Mm-hmm. You have an atmosphere of yourself that is very warm, mm-hmm. kind, considerate. And the sad part for me, in case people are really missing the ship here, is they've made Jesus the focal point of their life and they've bastardized everything that they that could he stood for. That he stood for. Yeah. Jesus was for the the poor, the unfortunate. The meek, he walked we? around and told everybody, you guys don't have problems. You have money. Yeah. You have all this stuff. He you, associated you have ways, but with those that were less than. Yeah. Those that were ostracized that was by the community. Ostracized by the he community. He did not shun anyone. Anybody. If anything, he shunned the, the church leaders. Yeah. Because he felt that they were ineffectively leading they've their flock. lost they've lost yes. touch of what it's all about yes. and that's the that's the story yes of christ that's yes. what that's what christ tried to leave everyone yes and it, it hurts me so much when i see people miss that yes the atheist i can handle because that's a level of ignorance right what makes me really weep is the people that follow and miss it yeah. It's like it's right there. Yeah. It's right in front of you mm-hmm. and you don't You're see so it. You're so close. Yeah, and that was the sad part yeah. when you went to the bathroom. Yeah. And I'm sitting there and I'm like they are missing. They're missing it and it's so simple. It's right yeah. there. It's right in front of them. That, the course correction could be so easy. Yeah. And Spriggs is dead. He died in 2021. There's oh, exactly. no reason why you can't make this better no that's the problem with communal living this gets into the bigger topic Mm -hmm. this is the problem with communal living this is the problem with community type things like this where you don't look outward Mm -hmm. you know even if i had that conversation with someone an elder person which whom we were probably talking to that i think we were very close because that person was an og status big time because it was we did this we, we did, did that. that. Yeah. We did this, yes. you know, on the stuff we were talking historically with them. And and I would guarantee that person is connected in in a way yeah. that could reach somebody. But if we had that conversation, they would have said, you know, you're probably right, but the organization's the organization. Mm-hmm. And that's the problem with just about for, for kids that are maybe graduating high school and getting into college or leaving college that are listening to this, that's 90% of the problem you're going to experience is the organization, quote unquote, whether it's the town board, the school board, your boss, the board of uh, educators, the board of executives, the, the, um, the Senate, the, the house, the, you know, everything. It's the organization that you got to get things through. And on a communal level, it's even harder because there's not many of you and the pressure to break away is so hard. And so you fall in. Mm-hmm. And I think these folks in this group, I'm going to say 90% of it's probably great. Yeah. They, they've they got their own life. They got their own way with things. Mm-hmm. But 
the the uh, the shunning of members who stray is the problem, and that's with every cult. But with yeah. this one, it was sad to see because they just had so much going for it. Yeah. If you didn't shun, if someone wanted to leave, fine, go. Yeah. It's like, it's like the Amish. Yeah. If you want to go, go, go. Yeah. We don't, we don't need you here. But now what you're doing is so toxic. If you think about it, you're keeping people that don't want to be there. Yeah. Who are ultimately going to corrupt you. Yeah. You know, at and some again, point, if at they some read, point they will outnumber you. Yeah. And when that happens, you're done. You're yeah. cooked. You know, yeah. and that's again with any group, but like with Lord this, of the flies, baby. Yeah, but like with this, it's like Christ. Yeah, he went for the the unfortunate, mm-hmm. and he went for the downtrodden. But he also told the rich, "You want to ride with us? Get rid of everything. Yeah, yeah. Prove it. Prove prove that you can it do this. It is easier this, but... for a camel to pass through the eye of a needle than a rich man to enter the gates of heaven. Yeah, and that it's those statements, mm-hmm. those parables. Yeah that embody Christ. And to this day, they're still true. Mm-hmm. Thousands of years mm-hmm. later, they're still true. And and it's just a group like this, it's so, it was so sad. Yeah. It really was. It was so sad. It's like, man, you really, really have something very nice here. Yeah. You have something very yep. incredible. The fact, and another thing that got me crazy, we're in a college town. Yeah. Why does the college find this acceptable that they could be in there and all the other bullshit that goes through with the college yeah. town of the I'm actually surprised the college I'm surprised they exist. Yeah, I'm surprised the college hasn't tried, you know, they haven't tried, tried to push, to push, them, push out. them out. No, I, yeah. I'm surprised. I'm, I'm amazed at it. I think it's the they do their thing. No, we do that's ours. what it always is. They don't bother me. What mm-hmm. do I care? Mm-hmm. But you get all fucking crazy about something four states away of people yeah. you never met. You know, again, work your community yeah. and stay in your, stay in your lane, stay in your community. Yeah. That's, that's how all this works. So that's our yellow deli. It is. 12 tribes story. It is. And if we go again, we'll keep you posted. Yeah, we'll let you know. We'll let we'll you know. We'll do an update. Yeah. I think I would like to go back because yeah. your brother said, of the experience he had. Yeah. I'd like to go back and see. I want to see if we have the same experience yeah. or if we have something like my brother or what if we have a completely different experience? Exactly. You know. And then I'd be like, what yeah. the hell is going on And I here? got over the whole money thing because I was like, that's like 40 bucks. You yeah. know, who cares? Whatever. You know, but it, they had root beer on tap and oh man, <sighs> I tell you what, that root beer. It was good was it, a trip it, back uh, to it childhood. Was, it was the frosty mug. It was that very, it was, yeah. That it was, it, it was very, in. very nostalgic. Oh yeah. You know, so and thankfully a biodegradable straw. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've been reading all that. Uh, Heads up. If you're going to go to the yellow deli, just know that if you order a sandwich, you don't get silverware. Like, you just have your sandwich. No, but that's what I thought was cool about it. It was cool. I didn't I got need. That. I didn't need silverware. Right. You know, again, very basic, simple, but yes, like buddy. the foods were good. You know, yeah. The foods. Yeah. All the foods was good. The foods I had. <laughs> I had foods. You inhaled foods. I eat. You that's did. one thing I'm good at. You did. That's the one thing I can do. Yes. 
All right. So, yeah, that concludes uh, our cult of the month and uh, our cult stretch. Uh, no. I'm looking through. Uh, we are not going to see a cult for another, like, four episodes. Yep. Yep, yep, so, yep. So, next week. The Knights Templar, baby! I know! I'm excited. I am so excited to talk about the Knights Templar. That's a huge, uh, that's a huge block and a chunk. Oh, yeah. Um, but. Yeah, I don't see us splitting it up. We'll no. We'll we'll, we'll get it. We'll, we'll get her done. Try to take it down in one bite. Um, but yeah, it, you know, it, it's um, it's an interesting group. It I'll is. say it for what it yep. is. And like I said, at the end of the day, it's sad. Yeah. Because there's it's because just the potential so, is there. Oh, it's so close. You mm-hmm. know. But sorry, you're a cult. Just a <laughs> bit outside. But I'm sorry, you're, you're a, cult. a cult. At the end of the day, you're a cult. That's yep. how it works. So, um. I would like to thank, as usual, everyone who's uh, listening to the podcast. We are just very grateful uh, that you uh, come back every single uh, week uh, to listen to our uh, ourselves listen rant. Listen to us and, prattle on about yeah, this, that, and yeah, the other. Yeah, and for those of you that binge and go around, we love you too. Um, as always, uh, for the new folks that are out there, we're... Um, a little kind of mom and pop podcast that's doing yeah, we're well. Nobody's. But if you can uh, share us with uh, your social media reach, we'd really appreciate it. Uh, you know, cause that's honestly what we rely on. We're pretty homegrown here. We are. And um, if you can, as always rate and review us uh, on Apple podcasts, costs uh, you nothing. It costs means you nothing. everything to it us. means everything to us. Yeah. It helps us out with things. Uh, we're getting to a point now where, Vendors are reaching out to us uh, for products, yep, uh, which we find interesting. So we're trying to figure out how to navigate through that, and we'll keep you posted. Yep. Um, and we're basically, um, you know, for those who are listening and want to get involved with us or collab with us on something, uh, email's the best thing for now yep. at oth at seriouslydecent.com. And, uh, yeah, if it's something we're interested in, we'd love to do a collaboration of some kind. Uh, so with that being said, rule number one. No Ouija boards. Number two. No dolls. Three. No capes. Four. No blood rituals. Five. No cults, satanic or otherwise. Oh, six. No apathy. You need to act to help enact a positive change in this world. Mm-hmm. Seven. Don't engage with black-eyed children, people, animals. I mean, you got to see whites of their eyes. Yeah. Eight. Just listen. Yeah. And thanks for listening. Yes. We appreciate it. Yes. And we got to hustle and bustle because it's Dino's dinner time. The creative director has hit me so yeah. hard that I've almost fallen off my seat. He's exactly 14 <laughs> minutes past his suppers. So. And he knows. All right. <laughs> so have a lovely day, a wonderful week. And make good choices. It's, di- it's dinner time, Dino. Dino.